right, let's get our Bibles out this morning. Would you turn with me in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. Very, very familiar, uh, wonderful, popular. Uh, everybody uh, in circles that we travel, uh, so many people know these scriptures. They're memorized. Boy, you can, you can just take some scriptures and they just stick even... Uh, more than some of the other historical accounts back in uh, uh, Leviticus. But anyway, it's all good, isn't it? Amen. The Bible is true, all of it. There's never one mistake ever been found in it. Lots of people try. People that look for it, they can't find it, and then they end up realizing, whoops, there is no mistake in our Bible. Thank God for that. All right, now, this morning, uh, if you would uh, hold your place there in chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2, going to pray and then going to preach a message about this race that is set before us. Father, thank you for the day we have now. We pray that you'll bless us. Thank you for this good, wonderful Sunday. Bless each and every soul that's here today. We thank God for each and every person in the house of the Lord today. We want to thank you for... Our, our Sunday school class, Brother Ibanez, we pray for that to prosper and grow, and we pray that more and more people, uh, Lord, will come to that class. We pray that you'll bless each and every soul here today in this message as well, and we ask God that you'll bless Evergreen Baptist Church and help our country, Lord, help our community, help our county, and we ask God that you'll bless each person today in the race that they have set before them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible tells us in verse number 1 and 2, there is a race that every one of us has uh, been given. Now, uh, you're, not, you're not in this race now uh, to compete with other people. I'm not in a race to compete with you. You're not in a race to compete with me. Uh, if 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 I lose uh, or come in second, it's not it's not coming in second to you, and you're not coming in second place to anybody else, and so we all in, have our own race. Let's look at it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, let's just analyze this for a minute. Jesus ran a race, is that right? And he was looking unto his father. He was looking unto the joy that one day he would see. He kept his eyes on the, on the target. And even in his humanity, Jesus, uh, he ran that race and he won. He won the race. He fought Satan. He, uh, he, he had love and, and concern and compassion for everybody. But he was looking unto his uh, joy that was going to come. That's what kept him going. What keeps you and I going in our race, and we're all in a race, uh, we're going to have to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's, that's what we do. When we run a race, if, if you ever uh, think about running, how many, um, if, you, if you would look in this, that, 
That word run, that's not a very nice word, is it? How many hate running? <laughs> now, now you get it, don't you? Have you ever run a mile? How many would like to just run a marathon? I guess a marathon's pretty rough. Uh, how many just would rather not run at all? Have you tried to run to the mailbox lately? I, I dropped my car off at uh, Linden Lube, and I, I was looking both ways. It was all empty, and I, I tried to run across the street. <laughs> I'm glad nobody took a video of that because that was an ugly sight. I'll tell you, I, my bones are not as tight as they used to be, uh, but you have, to, you have to get to where you can uh, work up into this running, right? Have you ever done any running? Uh, it's just these guys that do that. They're, they're pretty amazing. Um, and by the way, the Bible says here, look at it, it says, we're compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. I was glad nobody was watching me run across the street. But uh, when you're compassed with a bunch of witnesses, that's people all around you. And we have an audience in heaven. The Bible says that angels, there's, pre there's rejoicing in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. So who's, who's in the presence of angels well in the presence of angels the bible says that in heaven right now there are saved people that went to heaven and then there's the lord jesus and the father and the holy ghost so we have we we have uh, people that are watching us in heaven i do believe they notice what's going on then you can look into that and you can say, boy, I got to keep going because there's a lot of people watching. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That means people are watching your life and they're watching what you do. People, guess what? Your neighbor right now knows you're not there. Hope you locked your doors. <laughs> uh, but, but they know where you are right now. You're consistent uh, faithfulness to go to church yeah that's that family down there that goes to church every Sunday man every Sunday every single Sunday that's a good testimony by the way Amen. we are compassed with so great a crowd of witnesses uh, you know <laughs> I like that you know, out in front of our house we don't have we don't have a driveway we have a parking lot we have so many kids in our family that drive it's like it used to be where we'd get in the, in the car and the doors would go slam, 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 slam. Everybody would get in. They'd go to church. We'd come back and slam, 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 slam. We'd go in the house. On Sunday night, it was get back in the car, slam, 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 slam. And these doors, you know. But now it's like the whole, the whole front of our house. Slam, 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 slam. And all these cars, you know, everybody takes off. It's just great. Everybody knows that on the corner of our street, a pastor lives there. And if they didn't know, I've been door to door asking them, do you go to church? Do you know the Lord is your Savior? Can I show you from the Bible how to be saved? All of my neighbors have been witness to. And I can't wait till they move in again. You know, I just, you know, as soon as somebody moves in next to me, they get the gospel. But we're compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. Look what it says. Let's look at verse 1. Lay aside every weight. Now, I'm going to say something. Now, I don't want anybody in this church to be offended with what I'm about to say. 
I will say this. I'm not as thin as I want to be. I am a little bit overweight. I'm sorry. But what I'm about to say is true. Do you know anybody that's a long-distance runner that is overweight? I don't. Those guys that run marathons, do you ever see anybody with extra weight on them? A backpack? No. Maybe maybe a drink, but usually they have these, these drink uh, holders where they... A guy's coming down the road, you know, somebody will put a pole and put a little uh, water bottle out there, and he'll grab it, and then he'll drink it and throw it away, and he keeps on going, you know. They don't have extra weight, and that's what the Bible's telling us. You're, you're running a race for Jesus. Now, you say, what is that race all about? Well, that race is against a few things. Number one, it's against time. Everybody's racing against time. Do you know Jesus could come back any day? Amen. And if you're not serving him, you're wasting time. And it's a race. It's not a race against me. And it's not a race against you personally. We're not in a race where only, only one person gets the prize out of the whole church. That's not the race we're talking about. Every single boy and girl in this room Every mom and dad, every adult, every teenager, you're running your own race. And you're running it for yourself. And you're the only one that can lose the race that you're running. So he says, I want you to, I want you to cast aside all this weight. All this weight. Now, we're going to take a look at that in a minute. There's some things that will slow you down as a Christian. But look at it. It says, and the sin." and the sin which does so easily beset us. So we have a race we're running, running excuse me, and uh, I'm running a race for myself, and the prize that we're running to uh, receive is only going to come from the Lord Jesus personally. I have a race that I'm running. You're running your race. Everybody runs their own race. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He's going to hand out a lot of prizes. I just want to cross the finish line knowing that I, I kept going and kept going and, and fought across the finish line. So I was, I was looking at some of these illustrations, and, man, there's, uh, there's a fella. Uh, he's from Kenya, Kenya, and his name is Eliud Kipchoge, and this guy is amazing. He's got, the, he's got the world record for a marathon. I think the marathon is 26 miles or something. His average speed for 26 miles was under four and a half minutes. That means for 26 miles, that guy ran under four and a half minutes. And his, his record was one hour, 59 minutes. So he broke the two-hour barrier for 26 miles he's a small guy and uh he's streamlined he's not heavy he's not big he's just a skinny guy from kenya he's got a whole mile of just a, a bunch of guys that are all running with him he trains all the time uh, when i was a little boy uh in the olympics uh i think it was in the the late late 60s uh or or, or somewhere around there there's another Kenya fella. His name was Kip Kano of Kenya. 
I never forgot that because it's kind of melodious, you know. Kipkano of Kenya. And uh, Kipkano of Kenya had the record for a mile. And I remember he broke the world record in the Olympics. And he's the tall guy, kind of skinny. And what I'm saying is our spiritual race that we're running is, is not to be weighted down with a bunch of things that cause us to stumble and fall and trip. Uh, we're in a race, and I hope that you know that God wants you to win that race. Um, you remember in Isaiah chapter 40, right? You don't have to turn there, but another popular scripture, uh, they shall run and not be weary. The, the Running for the Lord is a wonderful thing. You spiritually are running a race for the Lord Jesus and for yourself, and he, he recognizes this. So the Christian life I think it's very, very, very important that we realize there's going to be winners. It's almost a competition between you and yourself. It's like this. You have an old man and you have a new man. And your old man wants to win and your new man wants to win. And that's the race you're in. You've got to beat the old man. You've got to stay ahead of him. And you've got to push him back. And so this race that I'm in, uh, I don't know how long God has for me, but I feel like it's a marathon. Um, you know, the Christian life is not a 50-yard dash. It's just not a dash. It's a marathon. That guy, he spent two hours. Now, most of us, if we tried to run a marathon, it would take probably four hours, five hours. I know it would. I, in fact, I would... I think I would just, instead of a water bottle, I'd have somebody throw me a bicycle, you know, and just, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Life is a competition. It really is. It's, uh, there's winners, there's losers, there's teams that you can get involved with, there's fans all around, there's records are broken, training and coaching and injuries and, and stumbling and falling. You know, there's some people that are really into running, and you know what they take real seriously? There's like, I mean, they clip their toenails and they manicure every their feet. They, they take great uh, uh, steps of manicuring. Their, they make sure their feet are just perfect. They spend oodles of money on their, on their shoes so they can run. Uh, it, it's just amazing, the, these people that run a lot. I, I don't know if it's good for you or not. But the Bible says we're to run our race. God put us here so we could win, not so we could give up. We're supposed to run and run and run and run, which causes us to pace ourselves. In the Greek city of Olympia, uh, some four or 500 years before, uh, uh, before Christ, uh, there were three uh, prominent cities. There was Athens and Sparta. And then there was uh, Olympia and uh, Delphi. Uh, That's where the Olympia Games uh, began. And they had some events there. Uh, it was very heathenistic. It was very filled with carnality. There was uh, horrible, ungodly events. Uh, but in B.C. 448, there was a foot race. And that was the pinnacle of it. It wasn't the discus. You've seen the Greek uh, statues where the guy has a dinner plate and he throws the dinner plate way out there. That, that was one of them. They, they had other things. They had wrestling. Uh, they, uh, this Greek, Greco-Roman wrestling of the Olympics. They had the javelin toss where they throw the spear as far as they can. That was one of the events. They had boxing. 
and they had uh, wrestling, as I said. But the main event was actually a foot race. Uh, the guy that ran the foot race and won, he was almost made and elevated to almost a godlike quality. And they, uh, they heaped upon him money and riches and fame and glory. And uh, they put a wreath around his head. The foot race is uh, being referred to here by the Apostle Paul. And uh, that, that was a common thing back then, the Olympic Games in those days. But the foot race was the prestigious thing. So uh, they had all kinds of this, this golden age of, of Greece. Uh, it was very violent and very bloody. Uh, there was cheating. There was bribery. There was all kinds of corruption. Uh, but the biggest event was that they would be uh, crowning this foot race winner. And then they would declare him to be related to Zeus, the, the false god. You know, it was a, a very heathenistic thing. That's why today you, you get these sports figures, and as long as they're really in shape and they can throw a football or they can hit a baseball or catch or, or they could uh, hit a golf ball and hit it in the little cup, you know, I mean, they heap money and glory and fame on all these people. And really, you know, I, I, I wonder, they, they call it work, you know? Hey, these sports people, they're, no matter what they say, they're playing football yeah i don't i gotta go to work honey what are you gonna do i'm gonna go no you're playing the football it is a game it's not work it's a game they're playing you ask them what are you i'm a football worker no 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 i'm a football player our our country puts all this uh accolades and fame and glory on people that play what is going on listen i'd rather i'd rather take somebody that's been in church for 50 60 years and never caused any trouble loves god tithe and taught sunday school and cleaned up the vacuum and flush toilets and and did yard work and never stopped serving god i'd rather elevate them and say, you've done great. That, that's that race we're talking about. We're not here to fame, get fame and glory on this earth. And by the way, have you ever tried to think of the, the, the chances that you are going to be a professional player, whether it's football, hockey, I don't know, uh, the checkers, whatever. I don't care what. If you're a professional, whatever, you, the, the, the amount of people that make it into sports and become professionals and get that millions and millions of dollars is so small, you ought not to even worry and try it. I mean, really, unless you've got some natural ability. But I'm telling you, it's a lot, a lot of disappointed kids. Their parents push them. You got to be a professional football player. No, you don't. You got to be a basketball star. No, you don't. Because you're too short, and uh, you, you you gotta you gotta be you gotta be a golfer. No, you don't. You can't. You, you're just not gonna do it. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying if that's your goal, you're probably gonna come short. But you can win the race that God has for you. You can win the race that God has set for you. That's the key. Of hey, I'm you know I tried running for a while, and it's hard. You, you know, you get going, and uh, my boys and I, we started running in uh, 1995, 
So uh, I, I got up and I said, okay, let's go. Let's start running. So I ran. I couldn't get one block down the street, one city block in Linden. I don't know how many yards it is. It's just nothing, though. I couldn't get from one street, 16th Street to 15th or whatever, without stopping. I stopped. I'm going to kill myself. Everything hurt. And I go, what in the world? So the next, uh, the next time we ran, I made it a little farther. And I said, I don't know why people do this. This is the most painful thing in the world. It's not smart. I could be sleeping right now. And no, oh, my boys had me out running. So we got going. And, and then the, the, a couple days later, I made it a, a couple blocks. And then I remember the day. <laughs> my wife is so good for me. I, I made it all the way around the block. You know, it was about... Uh, I maybe a quarter mile. And I got back and I was huffing and puffing. And I said, Hun, you're not gonna believe it. I made it around half the block. And she goes, Oh, that's real nice. Good. <laughs> Wonderful. She 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 was just kind of saying, uh, it's not that big a deal. In a nice way. And then and then I made it one mile. Pretty soon I thought, okay, okay, I, I think I see the deal here. You keep going until you break through a barrier. There's a physical barrier that you break through, and then you lose all uh, feeling in your whole body, I think. And you, and, and you start breathing, and pretty soon, it's, it's uh, in running, I guess there is a barrier, and there's way down there's another couple barriers. These marathon runners, they'll get going, and they break that first barrier, things get better. Then they'll have another barrier that they break, and then, then it's like, you could run all day long. It's, it's just physicality. It's, it, it hurts. And, you know, being a Christian is likened uh, to a marathon race. It's not a 50-yard dash. The race is ours to win. I'm planning on winning my race. How many are planning on winning the race you're in? If you're not planning, let me help you plan for that, okay? You need to plan today to win the race that God has for you. Nobody's the same. Would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians? Oh, listen. When I first got saved, I had no idea there was even anything called faithfulness or a race. Or, and I learned this way later after I got saved. I mean, there's so many beautiful things in the Bible that brand new Christians usually don't see until they spend time in the Bible. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, remember... Remember, Paul was, he was in the uh, time of history where Athens, Greece was prominent in the, in the book of First and Second Corinthians. Do you know that Corinth was a town in the Bible? Is that right? Did you know what they did in Corinth? They actually trained for the Olympics in the city of Corinth. So all those carnal athletes would come down to Corinth and they'd train. So it was really big stuff. Now, Paul, he, he makes mention of running. And I want you to see this. Look at chapter number 9, verse 24. Uh, he says now, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may, what? Obtain. Obtain. Does God have something for you if you just keep running? Yes. yes. 
you may obtain what God has for you. He wants you to cross the finish line. He wants you to keep going. He knows it's hard, but you just don't give up. Just break through the barrier. Just keep pacing yourself. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, there's only one person, there's only one person who can win a prize as far as first place during the Olympics. Uh, they get gold medals, sure, but the silver and and the uh, and, and the bronze. I know they have second and third and fourth, whatever. But that gold medal is only given to one person. You just you got to win. You got to be the first one. And that is your race. That's what you're after. You're after that first place in your own life. And the Bible says you got to lay aside all that weight, all the sin. Get ready, because God wants you to obtain. Look at verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery, that would be first place, is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. Remember I told you the foot race was the big event in the Olympics, and they gave a crown of uh, whatever uh, wreath, I, I don't know what it's made of. But that was corruptible. That anything by the way if you get if you get a, a a a super bowl football super bowl ring that doesn't mean anything to god if you get if if you win the masters tournament and you get that trophy and i don't know why they always kiss the stupid trophy why do they kiss the trophies it's it's gross all those people handling that thing and passing it around and then the guy goes <laughs> You know, I just like, quit kissing the trophy. It's just, just nonsense. That's how I feel anyway. A corruptible crown. It's corrupt. But we, you and I, Christian, we have an incorruptible crown that we can win. By the way, the Bible says there are five different crowns that Christians can win. Uh, there are five different types of crowns. You can win a crown just because you're excited about Jesus coming back. You can win a crown because you're faithful. You don't give up. These crowns are incorruptible. Jesus tells us, he says, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Paul said, I'll, he'll give you a crown of life, not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. I, I can't wait till Jesus comes back. I look for that day. I want that day to come. I'm tired of the world. I'm tired of what's going on in our nation. I'm tired of what they're doing to kids. I'm tired of what they're doing to good people. I'm tired of what the, what, what the devil is trying to do to our country. He's trying to deceive everybody. He's trying to ruin the place. And I'm not here for that kind of crown. I'm here for the Lord. You're here for the Lord. We, we You know what the one of the greatest crowns you can have is the soul winner's crown. Did you know that God has a crown for soul winners? Every boy and girl can win it. Every mom and it doesn't matter. Every teenager, if you ever get a chance and you can win somebody to Christ, you're going to have a crown for that. The Bible says that Paul said that his churches that he started were his crown. He said, you are my crown. You are my glory. Just think about that. You, we, when, when you win somebody to Christ, just last Sunday night, we had somebody here 
that uh, I, I was uh, after church. I got the, the, it was just the Lord that did it, um, but he stayed, and I got to witness to him, and we, we knelt right there, and uh, he prayed and asked Jesus to come into his heart. Amen. Now, I could have said, yeah, just go on, just go on with your life. No, but I didn't want that. I, w I, want, I want him to be saved, and I wanted to show him how to be saved, and I wanted him to know Christ. I could have just said, I don't have time. I got to get home. You know, I'm hungry. Uh, but, but really, if you, if you win people to Christ, you can actually win a crown for that. These people that were in Greece, boy, they, they worked hard. And they did it for a corruptible crown. Look at this now. Verse 26 of chapter 9. Paul said this, everybody. He said, I therefore so run not as uncertainly so fight i not as one that beateth the air now that's a direct reference to the boxing that they had in athens at that in those days those guys would train and they would shadow box and he says i'm not i'm not somebody just beating the air you know we're not christians that are doing this for nothing I don't care if I ever, ever have a corruptible crown, but I want the crown that God has for me. And you should want the crown that God has for you. You should cherish it. We're in a race. What are we doing? Well, we don't want the weight of the world. We don't want the sin of the world. Just like those runners from Kenya, you never see a three or 400 pound Kenyan running a marathon. That's not, that's not a bad statement. I'm just saying if you look at them, right. they're, they've been running and they're thin. What that says is that they don't take on a lot of weight. A Christian, therefore, let me tell you how you can run, mess up your race. You can get too wrapped up in the world. You can have too many cares in this world. If you're prosperous, if you're doing okay, you better be careful because riches have a way of grabbing a hold of people and keeping them from serving God. For instance, do you know any of those football players that say, well, I can't, I can't play the playoff today. I can't coach. I, I'm, I'm going to church. They don't do that, do they? <laughs> Why are all those expensive golf tournaments that those guys make? One guy he won one last tournament, got $2.25 million for coming in first place. But guess when that last uh, round of golf was? On a Sunday. They didn't go to church, did they? Okay, so you can go ahead and you can go after all the crowns that the world wants you to have. That's none of my business. I'm sticking in church. I'm going to stay with Jesus because he's got something that will never go away to give us. Now, Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, and I want you to remember now, God cares about your race. He knows when you get tired. He knows when you can't even go across the street. He saw me the other day. He saw me try to run across the street, and I think he was laughing. I did. I think, I think God was snickered. <laughs> uh, you need help, Brother Shaver? Yeah. Everything was... Everything was uh, rattling anyway look at chapter number five of galatians you remember galatia the churches in galatia well they had a problem in uh, look at verse number seven he made another reference to this thing called running 
Now, they, they really, really had a problem. They got messed up with bad doctrine. They forsook the gospel, and they would listen to another different gospel. Uh, look at verse 7. It says, Ye did run well. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Paul asked the church at Galatia, you, you did run well. You were doing great. You ran well. What, what stopped you? What, who did hinder you? I like that word because God put it in the Bible. Who did hinder you? People hinder other people. The devil hinders you from running. The devil doesn't want you to run. How many have ever tried to run anywhere? Have you ever heard these really loud voices in your head while you're running? Oh, they're around. You're hungry. You need to stop. Your tummy's hurting. This isn't healthy. You could break something. There's traffic. There's other things you could be doing. You're already healthy enough. You don't need any more. I've done that. I've heard all those voices. And one of them was, your two sons are way out in front of you. That's shameful. And my, my two boys, Justin and Jordan, they'd take off like, like they were from Kenya. I mean, it was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. and I'd be running. And then they'd get going down Front Street, and I'd say, watch out for bad guys. <laughs> and they'd take off. And, uh, oh, we ran one time in the middle of, uh, I think it was, uh, it was January, and we were running. And uh, we got home, and there was frost on the, on the grass because it was really cold, but it felt so good. We were just dying. And all three of us laid down on the grass in the, in the grass where it was all frosty and just spread out, did snow angels in the grass and uh, felt so good to stop. You know, that, that same idea of we're done, we're done, that's heaven. That's heaven. That's a picture of heaven. You're going to be running the rest of your life. Set a pace. Keep doing it. Keep, keep going for God. Help others and do all you can, but don't let anybody hinder you. Don't let yourself be hindered. Things that hinder us would be unresolved past failures. That'll hinder you. That, that will be a weight over you. That's like putting on a backpack while you're running. Uh, injuries and scars that other people inflict on you. Have you how many have ever been mistreated? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Um, if you've been mistreated, if you've had anybody treat you badly, if you let it, it'll keep you from, from your race. It'll weight you down. You might have any number of things that have been inflicted on you. I tell people, if I quit every time I had somebody treat me bad, I would never have made it more than, uh, like, uh, I think, uh, a day. A day, one day, we drove up from San Diego. We got a hotel at Express, Holiday Inn Express on the Guide Meridian. We checked in. We stayed there for 10 days. The very first morning, I got up 
and we were going to go someplace looking for a house or an apartment. All my family was in the uh, hotel room suite. I got up. I got into the Suburban. But before I got in the Suburban, I looked, and somebody, the very first morning we got here in this, in, into this city, the very first morning, somebody had taken several trash cans and emptied them on top of my Suburban's front hood. It was heaped with trash. Very first morning. Now how did they, how did, it must have been my California license plate. I don't know what it was, but it was the devil. Yes. And I thought, okay, I guess looks like we're in for a little fight here. Okay, fine. I know who did that. It wasn't God that did it. It was the devil. I said, yeah? Really? I, I rolled up my sleeves. I'd made up a fist, so to speak, and I thought, all right, let's have it. I'm going to bring it. Let's go. Right now, in the parking lot. Come on. I mean, let's just have it out. You want a piece of me? Come on, let's go. I, I thought, I know where this came from. Satan didn't want me to start a church. He didn't want me to have you. He didn't want you to have me. He didn't want us to have each other. He didn't want anything. He doesn't want the gospel preached. There's a fight. You know, I thought, well, wow. <laughs> First day in town? Wow. No wonder there ain't a whole lot of Baptist churches up here. I said, that's it, buddy. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, in it. I'm like Brother Cox. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. That's how he says that. I love him. I'm all in. Yeah. Can you say it with me? Let's say I'm all in. Would you say, just, just so I'll stop preaching, would you say it? Ready? I'm all in. No, louder. Ready? Come on. One more time. I'm all in. So just pray that nothing happens to your car. <laughs> Look at Psalm 131. Psalm 131. Man, I'll tell you, I was so shocked. I, I, I knew where that came from, though. I knew, I knew what was happening. I, I didn't have any problem recognizing that that was just the devil. 131. Psalm 131. And look at verse number one. We'll finish. Lord, Lord, my heart is not haughty. My, my, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Okay, so what's that mean? All right, you've got a race. It's not the race to be president of the United States. It's not the race to be the best basketball player in the world. That's not your race. Your race is for you. Maybe it's just to stay close to God. Maybe it's just to love Him. Maybe your race, maybe you're doing real good at your race. But you don't want anybody hindering you. So I've made a, I've made a promise to myself. I don't care how other people act. I'm, I'm going to serve God. I don't care how many pastors in this country fall apart. 
I don't care how many of them go into sin. I don't care. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to make it so that if somebody in my family or somebody in my church or somebody in my close circle of friends, I'm not going to worry about it. In, in other words, if they go into sin, if they stop running, I'm not going to let that hinder me. Our eyes are supposed to be on the Lord. Amen. Amen. Because Jesus, he said, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And he says, now we have the race that's set before us with all the witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. And let us run with patience. So Jesus was looking to the joy that he knew was coming. And you and I should look to him because we know he's coming. There's no reason why anybody should stop serving God. Let's bow for prayer. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe today, maybe you know somebody or know something that uh, kind of hurts. Maybe you've got a family member that doesn't serve the Lord. Don't let that be what hinders you. And maybe, maybe it's just a fact that, you know, our country's having some problems don't let that stop you from serving God. Let's serve him with joy. Serve him with excitement. Let's win people to Christ. And let's stay close to the Lord Jesus. Because your race, oh listen, when you get crowned, it's going to be a wonderful thing.